0: our Savior, our Lord, and our life.
1: Dear ones, thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Our Resolute Hope podcast. I'm John Russin. I'm here with my partner in crime, Pastor Frank Friedman. My friend, it was wonderful to chat with you at length this morning before we began our podcast. How are you doing?
2: Well, it was encouraging, John, because, you know, we didn't do a lot of prep. (laughs) Well, we sort of shared some thoughts, but we spent a lot of time talking about what the Holy Spirit is doing through our resolute hope. And I don't know, John, we spent over 30 years contemplating that we might be able to work together to push back the darkness with the light and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and the new covenant and To be honest, both of our jobs hindered that desire, and now both retired, we finally get to fulfill the desires of our heart and produce material that hopefully will be used in the lives of people to lead them deeper into the face
1: and the love of God that he has for them. So
2: very fun to be working with you, my friend.
1: Oh, I agree. I smile when I think about our projects. There are so many. Now, Frank, you might recall, since you've been involved in every conversation, that over the last few months, we have been talking about what we call pivotal words in Scripture. We talked recently about giving, tithing. We talked about God's will. We talked about our attitudes. And then peppered through that series, we did some deeper dives into maybe not pivotal words, but more pivotal issues in life. We talked about affair-proofing your marriage. We talked about how do we respond when the church we attend doesn't teach the new covenant clearly. But Frank, today's episode is going to be another really deep, pivotal issue, maybe even a consuming issue in our lives. And that's the topic of suffering. Now, Frank, you and I have been talking about doing this for quite a while why is there such an interest in suffering, do you think? Why have we been kicking this around for so long?
2: Well, John, to live in this world is to suffer. Jesus made it very clear that in the world, we're going to have tribulation. And of course, he added that second wonderful part of the verse, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world, but my fear is that the church, and I don't understand the motive, John, if it's to defend the reputation of God or present a powerful witness to the world, that we have it all together. But the church isn't really very honest about this issue of suffering. We don't let people suffer in the body of Christ. We try to fix them. John, as you know, I recently had a procedure done on my heart And anytime you mess with the heart, that's a scary deal. And so I requested prayer. I simply said, I'm having a heart procedure. Please pray for the doctors and skill and wisdom and for a tenacity of fight in my body. And especially for my family who has to sit on the sidelines, which can be a a hard thing to do. John, I got some mail that... Some gently corrected, some sort of chastised me for living in fear. And, you know, I never mentioned fear, John, but instantly it was, you're not supposed to have fear. And that's delusional. I can't help but think of Paul in, to me, the most cherished letter of the New Testament, 2 Corinthians. When he wrote, I don't want you to be ignorant people of my circumstances. And then he says these words, John, I'm despairing of life because of what I'm going through. And I just think to myself, what would happen if Paul was invited to our churches? He took the platform and he told everybody, I'm here today because I'm despairing of life. I think they'd usher him off the platform because it's not a positive confession. So I think it's really important that we're doing this podcast because it's time for the church to get honest about what it means to walk by faith in a fallen world. We're going to catch hell. And that's biblical. So we can't deal with the problem we are not willing to admit is there. So this is a very important study. I'm glad
1: you've chosen it, John. Well, you know, listening to you talk, my mind drifts to the same two attitudes because some people recognize the seriousness of suffering, but most just kind of blow it off. I ran across a quote recently, and it's kind of humorous, but it expresses the heart of those who just don't take suffering very seriously. And it's this life's a tough proposition. And the first hundred years are the hardest, you know? And so that's kind of funny. Of course it means that (laughs) life is tough, but you know, It doesn't really dive into the weeds, but I've got another quote, my friend. And this came from the back cover of your book, Finding God of the Gray, The Lonely Path of Pain. And the quote is this, and I want you to comment on this, especially from the perspective of why you wrote the book. Here's the quote. Some pain feels like it won't ever go away, but no pain is greater than God's ability to sustain us. And then you wrote further that the book's purpose was for hurting people to find God in a way they never knew him so they can get through what they can't get over. Frank, you can't get more polar opposite than those two quotes. So tell us what was in your heart when you wrote this book, Finding God in the Gray, The Lonely Path of Pain.
2: Oh, my goodness, John, that was a very difficult book to write. Because when you write about pain, it stirs up your own past pains and present pains. Again, I think reference back to how we began this morning. I don't believe the church knows what to do with people in pain. We tend to want to fix them. I think we see that in Job's friends. They started wonderfully. They showed up. They sat down with him. They didn't say anything. They just loved him. But then his friends became unfriendly. <laughs> they went from patient to impatient. Okay, Jove, you've had enough time. Get better. And that's what we tend to do with people in pain. And I think the people in pain pick up on that. And so they start putting pressure on themselves to get better. And, you know, there are some pains in this world, John. I really don't believe in my heart of hearts that all of them go away. Look at Job. He lost 10 children. Do you mean to tell me that in his humanity, he ever got over that? How do you get over that? I have people all the time ask me, is the pain ever going to go away? And I'm very honest with them. I say, I don't think so. But what's going to happen is you're going to come to find God in a way you never knew him and experience such overwhelming love and comfort and peace from him that you are able to walk through the pain even though you can't get over it and so john you know i think what most people want in their pain and i believe what the church wants them to have is a fix and i really question if there's a fix I think the fix is not so much finding an answer because that would involve finding understanding. And there's a lot of things that happen in this world we're just never going to understand. The real issue is finding God in a way you never knew him. And I think that's what happened to Job. He said, I used to hear about you, but now I get it. You're so big. I can't help but trust you. And I'm so small, I've got to stop trusting myself. So that's really what the book was all about.
1: I will direct our listeners, if they don't want to purchase the book, to go back to your podcast player and scroll back to October through December of 2021. Frank and I did a series of podcast episodes in which we talked our way through each chapter in sequence in the book. So, you can find all those conversations there to listen to in any way you wish. So, Frank, I've got to begin by asking the overall question Why do we suffer? If God's so big and He's so loving, why does He allow it? You know, suffering comes in lots of different colors and shapes and sizes. Sometimes, We do stupid things and we we suffer because of consequences. Sometimes there are natural disasters. Sometimes, like Job, you mentioned, God parts the hedge and allows in a measure of suffering. Sometimes suffering is acute and it goes away quickly. Sometimes it lasts a long time and sometimes it never goes away. Like you mentioned, Job's 10 babies. And no matter which source or how long it lasts, in our pain and our suffering frank we can feel so alone so forgotten even abandoned and so it's an honest question when people say where's god in my suffering why does he allow this you know and am i being judged Uh, did i blow it somehow doesn't he love me anymore so frank you've done a lot of counseling with suffering people are these the kind of questions that people have on their lips
2: John, that's a great question. It's not some of the questions, it is the questions. (laughs) Those are the questions. What happens to us when something bad happens is we ask why. And then we tend to instantly reflect on ourselves, I must have done something bad, or God would never allow this because God loves me. And John, again, I think the church, and please, when people hear me say this, I'm not attacking the church. I'm fighting for her. But one of the things that a lot of people are doing when it comes to pain is they're giving an answer that we simply live in a fallen world. And in a fallen world, bad things are going to happen. And I've actually heard people say, if anything bad happens to you, It wasn't God. Now, I understand they're trying to protect the reputation of God, that he is holy and loving. But in seeking to protect the reputation of God, first of all, that's not their job. And secondly, when you do that, generally, you'll end up perverting who God is. One of the things I always ask people who are of that persuasion is, okay, so God allowed a fall And so bad things happen. But let me ask you something. Is he still on his throne? Yes, he is. Is he working all things after the counsel of his own will? Ephesians 1.11. Well, yes, he is. Is he loving and kind and good? Absolutely. And is he not all powerful? Well, absolutely. And is he not sovereign? Is he not ruling the affairs of the world? Yes, he is. So therefore, even though he might not have caused it, he allowed it. And then, John, that superficial answer just dissipates into oblivion, because you're going to stand on that platform and say, that wasn't God that caused that. Yeah, but he allowed it, because if he allowed it, he could have stopped it and chose not to. So that kind of human logic is not holy logic. It's trying uh, rational, reasonable, logical thought, and we have to come to grips with the idea that God's mind is a lot bigger than our mind, and he can do these things because he is God, and he understands what we don't, and here's the key. This is the key in all of this, Jim. We don't so much try to find an explanation or understanding into why we suffer. What we do is cling to the character of the one on the throne. It is not enough to say God is on the throne, because a despot could be on that throne. The one who is on our throne is a loving, kind, omnipotent, sovereign God who always has purpose in whatever he allows in this world. And that purpose, because of his character, is good, even if we
1: don't see it. Mm. What a good word, my friend. I will give our listeners a warning. As we begin these conversations, Frank and I are going to spend a lot of time in what we like to call the trenches of life. And a lot of folks don't like to acknowledge the trenches, but we all know they're there. And when we're walking in those trenches, it's so important that we cling so tightly to the one who supports, sustains, and gives us his very life. So, Frank, as we begin these series of podcasts, we're going to begin to look at these answers. And we're going to begin, my friend, as we talked about, by looking first at Jesus. We could look at our experiences and begin to compare notes, but that won't do anybody any good. We're going to look at Scripture. We're going to begin with looking at Jesus, and we'll spend a few episodes with him. Then we'll move on and look at what Paul has to say about suffering. We'll look at Peter, James, uh, Joseph. Wow, what an incredible message on suffering. And then, of course, we'll wrap up with the conversation on Job. So it may be a while, so get comfortable. (laughs) So we're going to begin today by talking about Jesus. And I guess the verse I want to use to launch us, Frank, is from Hebrews 5, 8. He, Jesus learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Now, when I hear the words suffering and obedience, of course, in my mind, they go hand in hand. But when I hear it, it usually involves punishment and pain to change wrong behavior, kind of like a barking collar. You don't want your dog to bark. You put a barking collar on, and every time he barks, he gets a little zap. But it's hard to picture that when we're talking about the Savior, because he didn't need anything corrected. He wasn't wrong in any way, but still he learned obedience. So, Frank, give us a little bit of insight about obedience and suffering and the Savior as we launch into this conversation.
2: Well, John, that's a very important starting point because it provides a foundation for this study. Jesus said, The servant is not above his master. So if the master experienced something, who are we to think that we won't experience something? He walked the path and we walk the path that he walked, which is living as man in a fallen world and having to trust God to supply whatever he needs to walk through that world confidently and courageously as an alien, one who does not fit here. And so this is huge. And that verse is so important for our study. Our Lord Jesus, remember he was God, always has been, always will be, But in Philippians 2, we spent a lot of time on that passage a couple of weeks ago. He became man. He chose to not live as the God that he was and is and chose to live as man was always intended to live, which is by faith. And he did it perfectly. And yet, Hebrews tells us he learned obedience. And John, that is such a poorly translated word, obedience. It sounds like rigid conformity through the exercise of the will to an external code. That's what obedience means to most people. Maybe we should repeat that, a rigid conformity through human will to an external code. And that word in Greek is nothing of the sort. It's hupakuo compound word hupa, which means to place under, and akuo, from which we get acoustics, which literally would translate to hear, to listen, and so hupakuo really shouldn't be translated obedience. It means to listen under the voice. So now this verse is completely transformed for us. Our Lord Jesus, as man learned through the things he suffered in a fallen world to listen under the Father's voice. And John, this is such a huge thought for us because you couple that with the Gospel of John where Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. So the Lord Jesus is always speaking to us, his children. The problem is we don't hear it. We're dull of hearing. He constantly asks us and prays that we would have ears to hear so we can have spiritual ears that we don't use. And so C.S. Lewis made this statement that pain is God's megaphone. And though I would never want to get in a debate with the brilliant man, I think he was wrong. It's not that God speaks louder. It's that pain is our hearing aid. It tunes us to his voice. We encounter things we weren't designed for. They crush us. They wound us. And in that kind of state, we finally have the hearing aids to listen for his voice, which will train us to walk with him, which is what this thing's all about. We were never supposed to live by some code. We live through intimate relationships with our creator who supplies his life to us as we walk
1: by faith. That changes the perspective of that verse so completely, my friend, thank you for sharing that. The word obedience, as I said earlier, it reminds me of a dog barking collar. And that's exactly not what's happened here. That's not what happened to Jesus. And Frank, it's not how father uses suffering in our lives either. We are to learn to listen under him. And we'll talk uh, more in the next episode about uh, exactly what that looked like in Jesus' life. But this is, I guess, a good place to wrap up. The example of Jesus is really our model too. When we say, yes, sir, and say those magical words that Jesus said in Gethsemane, not my will, but yours in the midst of suffering, and we say, yes, sir, I trust you, he can begin to work in our lives so that we we walk ever so closely. His life is manifested not only in us and through us. And when I think back about the experience Jesus had in Gethsemane, the way he went into the garden, his experience in the garden, sweating, as it were, great drops of blood, But after he said, not my will, but yours, and he fully came under obedience, listening under his father, he walked out of that garden, a changed man, face set like steel. Let's go do this. And that's the model. That's the template. That's what our father wants to accomplish Mm. in our lives through the suffering he sends. And Frank, this is just the tip of the iceberg, but I'd like us to wrap up there, close us out with a digest of what we've been talking about today.
2: Oh my goodness, John, that was such a beautiful picture. You know, I guess I'd put it this way, and every parent, I believe, will understand this. In Ephesians, Paul said that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think. The problem is ever since the fall we have this mindset that we'll do it ourselves, that we should do it ourselves, that we should be strong and in control and have it all together. And that's the lie of the garden. As a parent, I want to do so much for my children, but many times I can't because they won't look to me. They won't come to me with their struggle. And every parent should get a glimpse of this, what we're talking about today. And maybe parents ought to be the ones who get this more easily, because the sorrow we feel that our children won't let us help them is that same grief, I believe, in the heart of God when we refuse to come to him and let him be all that he wants to be to us. And so suffering becomes a tool which almost forces us, John, to look to him.
1: Wow. I wish, my friend, that it were not so, but Father has decided things differently. And so we will trust him and we will willingly receive what he allows into our lives as a gift, even though the gifts, as we've talked about many times, might be wrapped in dark paper. It still is a gift from his hand. Wow. Well, friends, thanks for joining us on this episode of the podcast. If Father has really reached out and touched you, if the Holy Spirit has strummed a chord in your heart, we invite you to uh, check out our website, ourresolutehope.com. There are lots of resources there that point you to your Lord, your Savior, and your life, Jesus Christ. You can follow us on our social media platforms. You'll find us on Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, Check out our YouTube channel, and of course, you're listening to this podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. And as we wrap up, we remind you that the topic of suffering is covered in great depth uh, by Pastor Frank in his book, Finding God in the Great. Just go to our website, ourresolutehope.com. You'll find the book there, easily available, quick delivery from Amazon. We ask you to prayerfully consider getting that book. And if it blesses you, get others and share them with your friends. And as always, we close with this very same reminder from Hebrews chapter 6, that we have a hope in the midst of our sea of suffering sometimes, friend, We have an hope, which is an anchor for our souls. It's not a dead hope, it's a living hope. It's a blessed hope, and that hope is Jesus. So today and always, choose hope and choose Jesus.
0: Thanks for listening. We trust that you've seen Jesus today. And you know that no matter what you're facing, He offers you Himself, His own life. He wants to live His life with you, in you, and through you as you trust Him and walk by faith in this troubled world. You've been listening to Our Resolute Hope Podcast. For more information, find us online at OurResoluteHope.com and check out our social media channels under the name Our Resolute Hope.